Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi fucking ho. <laughs> and welcome back to Chucky Queers. Sure. We are talking about episode three, and I am Joe. And I am Trace, and episode three is titled, I Like to Be Hugged. Aww. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this was again, I'm going to say, I actually really like this episode, but mostly because of how it ends, and right. I literally don't know where the show is going from here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked about last week, you know, how our qualms, I'll say, with, you mm-hmm. know, having Jake become a killer, and while I thought it was kind right. of kind of interesting to watch him like be serial killer in training i was kind of like eh, like this isn't really what i'm here to see but watching chucky's legs kick as he's trying to kill lexi <laughs> for a full oh minute <laughs> comedic gold we've actually already had a listener say like how much they enjoy watching chucky's like little legs and arms do the frenetic motion so right. this episode is gold for that alone but um yeah i i'm of two minds so i do quite like all of the party stuff with chucky at the end and then i actually feel like this is a not good example of like a queer horror text in terms of like what's going on with Chucky and Jake for like and and let me kind of set the scene a little bit so you know we've talked a bit about how Chucky is grooming Jake to be a future serial killer and he's doing the same with Caroline but obviously that's taking its own unique approach I don't know I found this episode like deeply uncomfortable because like So Chucky is telling his origin story, right? And we're getting these sporadic flashbacks. So it's not just a framing device or a bracketing device that begins or ends the episode anymore. It's like we're getting glimpses of young Charles Lee Ray. And it's very much like this serial killer helped me to become the serial killer I would become. And now we're like, oh, and that's what Chucky is to Jake potentially. But if you read it, through a queer lens as we are apt to do then all of a sudden we're really talking about like older men indoctrinating young boys ah ah okay yeah okay i i do hey okay. <laughs> i know I do, I do see where you're coming from and it's like I'm it does like, and it doesn't fit like it, it's no I, I again like my issues were mostly i mean i i enjoyed the flashbacks of this episode my issue is i didn't think that like whenever we got them, because again, they're done in bits, right? I think we get like four parts, yeah. basically every like, you know, quarter of the episode, but every it didn't ad really break. seem, yeah, but it didn't really seem to thematically fit until we get to the reveal at the end of the episode when it's right. like, oh, this is why we're doing this. Okay. Yeah. So I do get, I get that. Um, yeah. It, and I get that people may say, oh, well, it's a bit of a reach, but part of this is that Chucky is proposing this or he's propositioning Jake using sexual language, right? So it's about mm-hmm. his first time and what it means to kill someone waiting for the right opportunity. And like, you know, when you see it and sometimes it doesn't work out and sometimes you have to wait. And I was just like, this is heavily codified language and it it just makes me uncomfortable when we start to think about the conversations that people basically homophobes have about like predatory older men going after younger boys and sort of being like, Hey, let me help you find your way. Indoctrinate you into this, in this queer lifestyle, this Mm -hmm. life of Sam, blah, 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 blah. Because yeah, Yeah. we're all pedophiles, right? 
Well, and like the episode ends with a nature versus nurture kind of commentary. And I'm not suggesting, I don't think that the show is saying, hey, watch out for predatory older men. No, no, gay, no, no, no. But, gay people are on the prowl kind of deal. But are, are you worried about like people like watching this and taking that away from it? Maybe just because I do think the linkage has been there, right? Like the show is very obviously queer and it's doing things with like queerness slash or like queerness as like a comparable element to becoming a serial killer. And I'm just, I'm worried about this weird mixed messaging, particularly in this episode. Well, and again, I mean, because we haven't watched what comes next. So it's entirely possible that this will be dropped in the next episode or at least. Right. Or explored more like flesh out. The way the episode ends with Jake at his parents' graves, mm-hmm. like basically apologizing to them for like that he's not the person that, which again, yeah, you're reading the queer parallels there, right? Because he's talking about being a killer. Yes. But, uh, you know, yeah, there are certainly parallels there to being a queer child or queer person. Mm-hmm. So I do get where you're coming from. But that's the issue with episodic television, right? So like if oh, it yeah. continues on this path and we're like, hey, cool, like Jake's going with Chucky and doing this. I don't really think that's where this show is going to go. No. But I can understand your issue with it again taking just this 42 minute episode as a piece of media yeah and that's just it like i deeply deeply respect don mancini and i know that he would he would be too careful uh to really take this further than maybe it already has been in terms of like this connection um so it, it was more like oh this is pinging in the back of my mind and i'm not like I'm uncomfortable. I'm not ready to say, oh, stop watching the show. It's dangerous or something like that. But yeah, I'm I'm curious and slightly trepidatious to see where this is going to go. But then there's also this whole other subplot, which is like, oh, Chucky finally becoming unhinged and just like letting loose in Lexi's fucking giant house that was very like fun this house with all primary colors painted walls i'm telling you like the the green is my favorite color and i was in this Mm -hmm. house and i was like wow this is a lot of green it's a lot yeah (laughs) but no you're right i mean like narratively like this this kind of ends i guess what is essentially the first act of this series because chucky isn't i mean assuming lexi isn't dead which i don't think she is i don't think she is either but like the, the the other shoe has dropped. Um, mm-hmm. People know. I I don't. I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to try to suppo- guess too much about what's going to happen in the next episode. But I was mm-hmm. like, literally, when all this was going down, I was like, oh shit, this is we're 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 like ramping this narrative up. So anyone that was complaining again, as we said last week about the show wheel spinning, it's like, um, mm-hmm. we just like made a jump here. <laughs> we just burned down the mayor's house, presumably, potentially with a bunch of kids in it. I think everybody's gonna get out okay, minus you know Oliver, R.I.P. Well, yeah, that was you know because we talked about Oliver. I want to say in the first episode and how you yeah. know uh, d- w- did you say oh I think that that we're gonna probably lose him relatively soon. Yes. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, no offense to the actor that portrays him, I don't think he's a very good actor. So like, I'm fine with him being off the show. He's um, fine. He just stands around and gives Lexi moon eyes. So it's like, all right, your role here is done. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Because whenever they they were doing that during the dance, it was like, oh, God, I really don't care about this love triangle at all. So, I mean, no, that that was a smart decision to get it done. But also, you know, the pilot episode of the show, we have the two bullies. We have Oliver and we have Lexi. Mm -hmm. And most of the time when you see, you know, gay male teens being bullied in school, it is often from another male bully. Yes. So I like this now that we are firmly in this. Oh, no, no, no. It is a girl bully, which I mean, again, it's, it's been 
this way for the first three episodes, but it's just it's a nice narrative switcheroo that you just you don't see very often. So I, I like seeing this, and I also like seeing Lexi. I'm not even gonna say try to be nice, but she's like because she's obviously self-serving. But I like watching her squirm. Absolutely. I I think she's hugely compelling. In a way, I almost feel like this episode is a better showcase for her than anyone else. Like, I walked out of it saying, oh, well, there's Lexi's episode because she does get the best parts of this. Um, And just to kind of address the fact in case people are like, oh, well, you brought up nature versus nurture and you're not going to address it here. Like getting to see how absolutely fucking terrible her parents are reveals a lot about how she became the person she is as well that oh i mean again like the last episode you know we have the mom telling her off but then in this mm-hmm. parent teacher conference with uh oh, with Precious Chong, i was like oh bitch but so i, I was yeah. so happy I, I literally was oh god they're gonna let this bitch walk out of this classroom and so i was so mm-hmm. happy that she just whipped out that video. let me show you the video you so, fucking bitch again that's something that was dealt with i didn't think that was going to be addressed again especially with Mm -hmm. the parents so i'm glad that that was brought back and dealt with i mean we don't see the repercussions of it but it was again also to see the aunt and uncle be like Mm -hmm. what the fuck is wrong with your daughter yeah (laughs) yeah and i think that that reconfirms some of the conversation we had last week about how the parents don't often know what is happening like but i do love that these parents a didn't believe anything until they were shown actual proof of how awful she is and then still presumably went to the theater because it's important for the mayor to be seen there (laughs) they didn't go home um i do have i mean again logical question about how the kids don't um i mean i get that they don't hear the explosions and the fire because they feel maybe the the flames but but, but feeling i mean again sides of your face Flames on the sides of their on the sides of their headphones. Yes. Um, oh, silent discos. Which I mean, you know, I, had we had that in high school, you know, oh my god, right? you could have parties all you want, no noise complaints. Ah, period. So fun. <laughs> I didn't get it because I'm old and dumb and like out of touch. And then I finally clued in. Oh, okay, that's how they're getting around. Okay, that's, okay, that's really funny because when we met at Fantastic Fest, there was a silent disco event at that, there that was. place, yes. and I'd never heard of it before. And I was like, "What is a silent disco?" And I remember walking into the room, being like, "Oh, oh this is weird." It is. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually seen it on an entire city block because back when I used to live in another town, they they did it as a bit of a kind of pride event where they closed the street down and like you could bring headphones and like tune mm-hmm. your device to a particular channel so they had a dj djing in the middle of the street couldn't hear a fucking thing and all these people just like grooving yeah. it out in a uh, not problematic queerness i guess uh we do have a tender moment between jake and devin in this episode mm-hmm. where you know devin goes it's it's early on but where devin goes to kind of apologize and like talk about how lexi's a huge fucking cunt yes and he touches his shoulder mm-hmm. and it's very much like a moment for jake yeah, I was intrigued by that because Jake looks both afraid and excited. And I I mean, I do think that we need to kind of give credit to these young actors because I mm. think they're they're both doing really good jobs. So like Bjorkvin and uh, Zachary Arthur, I think they're both doing really great work at capturing the awkward, you know, this is not sexual. This is like relationship cuteness and it feels very age appropriate. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I get what you're saying when you say, oh, he looks simultaneously scared, but excited. I think he's scared because he doesn't want to seem like he's too upset about Lexi because he's planning to kill her. 
And so right. if he acts like he's really pissed off at Lexi, then it's gonna like it's gonna draw suspicion on him. So that's how mm-hmm. I took it. But I mean, again, right. yeah, obviously, yeah, he's being touched by someone of the same sex that he has a crush on. So mm-hmm. and also very publicly, right? Yeah. Like they're in the middle of a high school or a junior high here. I think it dips into slow motion whenever it touches mm. him for a second. So okay. I was kind of like, okay, okay, show we're doing this. <laughs> um, what did you think of this chase scene in the woods? Because I was definitely like, oh no, we're doing a couples wearing the same outfit near Miss. Like I, it took me out. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I was just kind of like, this is a little dumb. Um, just yeah. watching Jay. But but again, but I I I didn't mind it because this the mere idea of like again someone practicing like mm. g- trying to murder someone or someone getting ready to do a murder, especially a 14 year old nonetheless. Like the, right. it is kind of silly slash upsetting and scary. So mm-hmm. I like seeing how like, it felt awkward to me because this right. is something that should be awkward. Right. But when he like, he's literally like has the knife out and he does not hide that knife very well. So when no. junior like doesn't comment on it, I was like, I guess he didn't see it, but that's real dumb. <laughs> Junior's stupid. Yeah. Uh, I do also like that. It kind of foreshadows the fact that Chucky will make the exact same mistake when he thinks he's going to kill Lexi and he accidentally stabs Oliver and then is yeah. like, well, fuck it. Now I got to do this. And it's a pretty brutal death too. I mean, he has stabbed a lot of times and we get mm-hmm. to hear multiple sounds of anguish coming from Oliver's lips. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to suggest that I enjoy glorifying violence or, or condoning it, but watching little Chucky arm, just like stab him repeatedly. Oh, I mean, the joke, again, the joke when he's like, you ever tried to strangle someone with, with these hands? Yes. The little <laughs> tiny hands. Oh God. That doll is just so fucking cute. I'm sorry. It's, it's something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, again, I, so your major issue with the with the episode aside, I still I, I like this actually more than the second one, at least in terms of narrative progression. And okay. I, I think it sets up whatever we're going to get an episode for. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next. OK, so with that in mind, what do you think is going to happen? So we're both in agreement that we don't think Lexi is actually dead. Mm-hmm. I think even just narratively speaking, you need a witness to say this wasn't Jake. This was the fucking doll. I'm one, and maybe I'm totally off here, but I'm wondering if Lexi's gonna go like stay with Junior and Jake because their house is burned down. Like maybe the family moves in with the family. I mean, I guess it doesn't make sense because they they can probably afford to to stay in a hotel or something. But I'm just wondering if maybe that'll be like a, I don't know, a thing that happens. You got to get Chucky back to Jake somehow. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Carolyn is gonna throw a shit fit if she doesn't have the doll around her. So maybe that, maybe yeah, maybe that's how they they agree to go. But but the thing is though, like. Lexi knows that Chucky's alive, but maybe, oh, maybe right. they're all, maybe they're going to throw her in the loony bin. <laughs> That's where she's going to meet uh, Fiona Duraf. <gasps> oh my God. That might actually be what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we cracked it. Oh my God. We're geniuses. The, but the, uh, the, the episode, because again, we, the, the final scene of the episode, well, kind of the final, well, no, it is the final scene. It's, it's you know, Jake at the, uh, at the graves, but mm-hmm. it pan, the camera pans back. Pan, yes. Am I using pan correctly? Uh, tracks back tracks back sure <laughs> i need to learn my camera mo- the words um <laughs> but we see that charles lee ray's gravestone is mere rows away and i don't yeah. the way it's framed it's like oh this seems like it's important but yeah. maybe it's just to remind us that his grave is in hackensack whereas me a bride of chucky fan i'm like of course hackensack is like where he's buried in bride of chucky <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no i felt the exact same way and i couldn't tell if it was hey for those of you who haven't been paying attention reminder here's his grave part of me is like well every chucky narrative especially the early on which is like the films that we're kind of evoking the most with the tv show right now it always has to do with like 
body possessions. So part of me is like, is it important that his body is there? Yeah, I I, I, I was very unclear on that, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if it makes a difference. If that matters later, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, well, listeners, let us know what you thought of I Like to Be Hugged, episode three of season one of Chucky. Uh, we obviously voiced our concerns and our our, our pros <laughs> with it. Sure. <laughs> but be sure to tune in with us next week. Uh, and until next week, we can cross out Chucky. Indeed. Yes. And you, you've left me with nothing I again. Know. So now a should, should, I, should I just cross out the uh, cross out? I like to be hugged. There we go. Yes. Okay. You do the episode titles and yes. I will cross out Chucky. 